Is he an angry school teacher who's just a bit disappointed in us? Or is there another story the Bible wants to share? So perhaps this is your first time you've ever been in church and you've wondered what's just happened for the last 25 minutes. How did that? He's gone. And God's spirit, I know if God's just bringing some peace for some of our hearts. We're just now going to invite Lizzie to come and we're going to pray for ourselves. And we'll pray for Lizzie as well. So Father, we don't want to be lost in the woods. And I pray now you'll help us to turn our ears and our eyes towards you and your welcome. I thank you for Lizzie and we just pray that you'll speak and we'll have hearts of courage to listen. So I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh. So, um, as Andy said, we've been going through looking at different um, aspects of the character of God. And for some reason, I chose the subject of I am the God who speaks today, which when I sat down to prep for today, I'm like, that is a massive subject. It's like the whole Bible. But don't worry, because I'm not going to sit and preach through the whole Bible, because that would take longer than 20 minutes. So, yeah, it was a difficult one to prep. And then I realized um, that God is the God who speaks. So that's how I'm going to set the rhythm for what I'm sharing today is allow space for God to speak to you. So I'm going to try my utmost to slow things down and to create punctuation spaces where we can listen to God and he can speak, which um, does not come naturally to me. It's something I've had to learn to do to create space for God to speak. I just recently went back and looked at my journal from um, like 10 years ago like everything when it's like God said this and I'm like and it's going to happen right now like everything's going to happen right now like the sense of urgency that I had <laughs> was beautiful faith but it wasn't a uh, knowledge of the word of God and the things that he'd spoken submitted to his will and his timing so that's what I'm hoping today is we're going to look through some scriptures together and speak around the subject of the God who speaks and we're going to create space um, for God to speak but I did want to address some things first before we do that, um, because I'm starting from the standpoint that God's going to speak to everybody, because that's what I believe, that God speaks to everybody. If you don't know Jesus, he has spoken to you because you're here today. You just didn't know his voice. If you do know Jesus and you believe he doesn't speak to you, then you do know God's voice. You've heard God's voice and have faith in that. So... My phone just locked. <laughs> so we're going to start by looking at John 1, um, 1, to f- 1, verse 1 to 5. We're just going to read this through and allow God to speak to us from this verse. <clears throat> In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him, all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I absolutely love this um, verse and this description of who Jesus is because it parallels so beautifully the creation story. So in the beginning, God spoke and it was so. So all of creation came 
through him, through his spoken word. So God speaking is kind of a big deal and kind of the reason why everybody's here today. So in the creation story, God spoke into the world and in a world without sin, God could live in perfect communion with his creation. And I love, I've deliberately used that word communion because it's the sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. In the very beginning, in a world without sin, God wanted to walk with his people. He wanted to share the depths of who he is, and he wanted to reveal the depths of who man was. But then, I don't know if I'm spoiling the creation story for anybody, (laughs) but this perfect communion was broken because of what Satan said to the woman. He said, did God really say? And mankind doubted the word of their creator, listened to the father of lies and went beyond the bounds of the bounds that God had set for them and reached out to what was pleasing to the eye. What was pointed out to the enemy and what was pleasing to the eye was no good for the human soul. And it divided man from God and God came into the gar- And when God came into the garden, man felt shame and hid from God. So that's one of the biggest things that can divide us from our God who speaks is shame. Because that happened in the very beginning. The unity between God and creation was broken. But God still loved his creation and wanted to walk in communion with man again. So he enabled man to be redeemed and reset to the point of perfection that existed in the Garden of Eden through his beloved son. When Jesus went to the cross, he said it was finished and the veil was torn. So intimacy and unity unity with God can be restored to his creation. Just as God had spoken into the formless and empty world, which in Hebrew means God spoke into the chaos and the wasteland, he brought life to the world. Jesus came to the world that he that was in chaos and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So we're just going to take a minute to speak to God about that, that Jesus came to redeem that he came to restore our intimacy with him, that we can live in communion with him, which, like I said before, that means a sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. God isn't just there to solve our problems or give us direction, although he does do those things, but he is pursuing an intimate relationship with you. And he's able to do this because Jesus stepped into the chaos and restored order He tore the veil so that we could be one, so that we could live in intimacy. So that's what Jesus did. That was his mission here on earth to come to to, um, restore that intimacy with God. But I wanted to look a little bit about how Jesus walked on earth and how he connected with the God who speaks. So Jesus was fully God and fully man. 
even though he came from the Father on earth, he had been made flesh. So everything that he did and said had come from the Father. As Jesus said in John 5:19, very truly I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. That's the intimacy that we are invited into. <laughs> that whatever the Father does, we can do, we can say, we can speak into, we can change. But it comes from that place of knowing who God is, listening to his direction, his word, the words he speaks over you. So I just want us to ponder that for a minute and ask the Lord and allow him to speak into what am I seeing you doing, God? What are you revealing to me? What are you speaking to me? that I can then work out in earth, on this earth. So the God, God is a God who speaks and gives us direction and shows us where to go in life. But sometimes, I don't know if this relates to anybody here, but life can be hard. The journey can be a tough one and we can know exactly what should be happening and what we should do. But it can just be like a really long, hard slog. Um, because guess what? We have an enemy who does not want us to do the things that God has put us here on earth for. So life can be a little bit challenging. <laughs> so this is why in John eight thirty one to 32, Jesus says to those who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what does it look like for you to abide in the word of God? Because don't we all want to be set free and know the truth? The living God who's speaking to you now will direct you in this, how to abide in his word. But we also have a model through the life of Jesus. So through the life of Jesus, he had to sustain himself in the word. He had to continually be going back and reflecting what the father wanted him to do and, and get his life from who the, who the father was. And first off, he did this by initiating an intimate relationship with the father, by being intimately connected with him. And he did this through taking time he would go away from the crowds he would um he would intentionally focus on the father have focused time but i think as well one of the things like I d i'm not too sure how this relates but one of the scriptures that i thought was really useful to ponder was about how god affirms who we are publicly and through other people um so you know, the most famous one is when Jesus is baptized and and the vo God's voice from heaven speaks and says, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. That, yeah, we can have as much going on in our internal, like, quiet place with God, but 
like public affirmation, whether it comes from heaven or whether it comes from other people, is also something that sustains us in walking out the things that God has put in our life. So I wanted to say that from a point of view of like accepting those words and not being all British and being like, oh, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> but also to be the ones to speak those words. If you feel like um, the God who speaks is speaking to you about another, like it's essential that you say that to build up the body, to build up that other person. Because the the thing that God says to you for another person is just as important as the thing that God speaks to you for you. Because we're not just all individuals who are going to, live this journey together be the body of christ and bring the kingdom of god to this earth (laughs) but we are not doing this alone but we're doing it as a collective body so the god who speaks is not just for our own personal world and mission but it's for our collective um encouragement and empowerment of the body So I just want to take a minute right now. If if you're thinking I've got a word for somebody or something like that, we're not going to go and do and share now, but just write it down, remember it, be intentional, look around this room, look at the people around you. Ask God about the people around you. Another important thing I see from the life of Jesus when it comes to sustaining ourselves through the word of God is that Jesus knew where the like knew the voice of God knew where the encouragement the sustaining was coming from and we can see this all through Jesus's life but particularly when he um goes into the wilderness for his little 40-day fast and is um uh, slightly challenged by the enemy (laughs) um so It says, so the enemy came to um, Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you know where the words from God are coming from? Do you have 100% assurance that the words from God that are in your life that people speak of your life are coming from the mouth of God. That's something to ponder. Mm. Yeah. And we know when um, a word is coming from the mouth of God because we have been given that access to God to know him intimately, to know his word. And the word of God, the way that he speaks to you, you'll know through that intimacy, like the the sheep will know his voice and the stranger they will not know. Like the voice of the enemy can never trick you again if you know who your God is and you live in that intimate place with your God. So you need to know what the voice of God is for you. You need to know the mouth from which it's being um, spoken from. Because in that way, when you know your God and you know the mouth of the mouth from which it's coming, you cannot be deceived or tricked by the enemy. <laughs> That's what he really wants you to believe. He wants you to go back to that first time when he said to Eve, oh, did God really say that? 
And because Jesus has given us that access to God, the veil has been torn and we can access God as soon as the enemy comes and says, did God really say that? We can say, I know my God. <laughs> like, I know his voice. I will stand on that. And that is what Jesus did when he was challenged. So we've got to be like Jesus. We've got to know those words and have those words planted and rooted in us so that when the strong wind of the enemy comes to try and blow us off course, we're not moving anywhere because we are where God planted us in his words of truth. The last thing I wanted to address (laughs) about an aspect of how Jesus lived his life is that Jesus lived a sinless life. And when he was on the cross and he took on the sin of the world, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the first time in Jesus's life, he was separated from the fullness of who God was. And he was forsaken. That's what sin does in your life. It cuts you off from the source of your life. And I'm not saying that we're always going to live in perfection, but we can live in perfection. We're called to live a holy life. And we're not just called to live a holy life because it's good for us, but we're called to live a holy life so that we can be connected to the Father. Because that's been his desire from the start of creation was to have a mankind, a humankind made in his image. And part of his image is being holy. And spotless and blameless and that's that's what mankind was like when God walked with them and that's what mankind is like now when we put ourselves in the righteousness of Jesus that we can be spotless we can walk with God and that means that in every moment and in every every trial that we might face and in every joy that we we experience that God is with us in that and that he will speak to you when times are tough when you need direction in that moment that you can never be blown off course you can never be shaken because you have that intimacy and that connection to the source of life but we spend so much of our time still trying to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because we forget or we don't like that we have to live a certain way and have access to the source of all life which is God which is the one who spoke and brought all life into being so yeah we are called to live a sin-free life and that doesn't mean that God isn't going to speak to you if I mean God speaks to you when like how many people know this that God speaks to you when you're messing up and you know the voice of God and sometimes you run away really hard from it because you don't like it (laughs) so the speaking speaking isn't conditional upon your righteousness. That's why we have grace. But you want to walk in that intimacy and that Eden-like closeness with God, you might want to lose some baggage. <sighs> so yeah, it's really important that we still believe that God speaks and remains steadfast in his word. Because he's still doing a creative work in our lives. He's still forming us in his image, informing us into who we should be in our purpose on this earth. Just as Jesus 
relied on the word of God to sustain him, we need to live our lives with Jesus, the word made flesh, as our life source. There is no other way. But like I said earlier, we have a body of people around us who can encourage us in that way, that we're not in this on our own, that God... God said it's not good for man to be alone. And that doesn't just mean everyone needs to get married. That means that we need to be a community. <laughs> that means that we need to be a people who are constantly in tune with the word of God for our own lives and our own paths, but also for the people around us. We're all called to be encouragers and to bring words of life and truth to those around us. Be kind to everyone, you know what I mean? Because you don't know what people have been going through. Like last year, um, I went into rehab and... I was broken myself, and I never had anyone there, you know what I mean? And the place I did have was this church. This church changed my life, and it gave me a purpose. And to show the other people in this city are not alone, and we're all connected if we stay connected, you know what I mean? And if people fall off, give them a text, call them, because they could be struggling to get out there today, struggling to even get out of the house, because mental illness, even just anything, you know what I mean? Even you got a cold. Just call someone, honestly, because connection is key in this city. And the vineyard is one of the best churches, and I mean that. Amen. Yeah, I think that's so important to remember because sometimes I think um, we can think that God will only speak to us to do spiritual things, but sometimes it's the practical things that God will just give you that nudge and be like, just go do that. Like, just call that person, text that person. So that's a really good reminder. Hi, not my comfort zone, but I felt really prompted to share this because it's something really blew me away last weekend and that was that um if god assigns us to something where he leads he also provides and sometimes we feel we need to do so much or i've seen people push people with the gospel in case they get hit by a bus you know the next minute but god's got it he's bigger than that so i knew this lovely sicilian new york guy you can imagine the whole story and he had a lovely italian deli that i used to go to don't know what i'm doing my hand i'm half jewish sorry so um I went there for three years, um, chatting to him and buying stuff off him, and um, he wanted to hang out. So I went to see him at Christmas and uh, exchanged numbers and um, found out he died a couple of days earlier. And then the family said, um, we aren't inviting um, customers, but could you come to the funeral? So I waited and waited because his body was being held in the. And then I went all the way down just for that. And it was right old mission. And I had to get a bus, a train, walk two miles, two trains, Sunday morning for this but I went and I was thinking, Lord, I, I didn't tell him about you. I just touched on you at the end and I should have been evangelizing him. And I've been praying on that bus for three years and he's probably gone to hell. And even my best mate, Sam, who came with me once, he said to me, are you sure you should go down there? He's a lost sinner. You know, I mean, why would you want all that? I said to him, well, I'm talking, I said, you never know with God. Anything can happen. I've heard people met the Lord at their deathbed. God can do anything. He might be saved. And Sam was like, oh, fair one. So I went there, and as I went up to the memorial in the middle of nowhere, um, I said, oh, Lord, as I crossed the car park, I just said, look, can I meet somebody here and tell them about you, Lord? Because if there's nothing about you here, with all these New York Sicilians and everyone, I mean, there's no point in being there. So I walked in, and his sister came straight up to me and said, hi, my name's um, Elaine. I'm a born-again Christian, and Jesus Christ is my Lord, and I just want you to know that I'm going to be preaching on that today. And my brother got saved three days before he died. He repented, <laughs> he totally surrendered his life, he was with us, told us he loved us, went to bed and died with us, um, and this is a celebration. So I was like, whoa, 
And it, it was like, yeah, just trust God. You haven't got to do it all. He's cleverer than that. But just do our little bit. And it was so encouraging because I thought I'd blown my commission, you know, but God had it. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so, yeah, just being faithful to little things and the sometimes the weird things that God tells us to speak. You don't know how they're going to hit somebody and how they're going to transform their lives. So, yeah, um, keep listening, but also keep on speaking out. Like God doesn't just speak to us so we can hold it all inside, but so that we can speak it out. And so that we can be that same creative voice that our father is, that we can create life and bring life through the words that we speak to others.